Welcome to Hop Radio, an NDTV Hop Life production. Welcome to Combating Coronavirus, the podcast where we talk about the global struggle against COVID-19. On today's episode, Senegal and Ghana, Africa's success stories. Now, I'm Deepit Maggi. And I'm Priyanka Pan. You know, Deepit, I think there was so much talk when the global pandemic sort of started to spread. And, you know, mm. all of these cases of COVID-19 started popping up around the world. Many, many experts, aid workers predicted disaster, essentially, in Africa. Right. You know, the United Nations Economic Commission for Africa has said that even now with social distancing in place, the entire continent of Africa, which makes up 1.3 billion, could have 123 million cases this year alone. They've predicted right. that 300,000 people could die of COVID-19. You know, the WHO has predicted that Africa could very well be the next epicenter of the pandemic. So these were all predictions made before we knew what course the virus would take in the continent, right? And it's easy to see why. Africa's healthcare records are not very confidence-inspiring. Africa has five ICO beds for every million people. For contrast, Europe has around 4,000, according to the WHO. There are less than 2,000 functioning ventilators in 41 countries in Africa. Of course, ventilators need electricity, medical-grade oxygen, trained staff. Electricity is unreliable in many places. Ventilators are lying unused because people are not trained to use them. And all of these things make it understandable why, you know, WHO would be so scared about COVID-19 reaching Africa. But that's not exactly how it has panned out, has it? If official figures are to believed, Africa currently accounts for just 1.4%. 5% of all of the world's confirmed COVID-19 cases. And WHO says that right now, Africa only accounts for 0.1% of all COVID-related deaths. Now, just for context, Africa is home to 17% of the world's population. So those sort of, you know, predictions of doom and destruction and, you know, just absolute disaster don't right. seem to be panning out quite in that way right now. Right. And the WHO did come out and say that the virus is taking a different path, quote unquote, in Africa. And uh, the continent is not experiencing the very high numbers that we've seen in Europe. Now, there could be many reasons for this, some good and some bad. One of the hopeful reasons is that WHO says that it could be demographics. Africa is the youngest Mm. continent demographically. More than 60% of the population is under the age of 25. COVID-19 has been known to affect older people more, although there are, of course, some outlying cases. And it is a devastating disease for many, regardless of age. But in Europe, according to WHO, nearly 95% of deaths occurred in those older than 60 years. So the younger demographics could be a reason. But of course, there is the caveat of testing numbers. Absolutely. You know, I was reading The Economist and they were saying that all these reported figures that are coming in from governments across the continent need to be sort of looked at perhaps with a pinch of salt because there seems to be a fairly low level of testing across the continent. According to Reuters, Africa's carried out 689 tests per million people. Just to compare figures, most European countries have carried out 17 million tests, which is about 23,000 per million. So just look at the contrast of the numbers. According to Africa CDC, which is the African Union's public health agency, Mm -hmm. about 1.8 million Africans have been tested for Mm COVID-19, which is about 
0.1% of the population. And The Economist actually contrasts this to Germany, which is a much smaller country, of course, in comparison to the entire continent of Africa. And right. Germany has tested nearly 4% of its population. So the low numbers that we're seeing out of Africa could very well be a result of the low levels of testing that are taking place. Right. And even WHO says that, you know, this doesn't mean Africa has been spared and it does not be lulled into complacency. So today we're talking about two countries which have not been lulled into complacency, which are doing all they can in many different ways to combat COVID-19. Yeah, and I thought both these countries, Senegal and Ghana, have done some really interesting things. Right. Let's start with Ghana, maybe. Sure. Just to give people a, a sense, it's a country of three crore, which, as of recording this, has only reported 35 deaths and about right. 7,700 cases. So despite the concern about low testing from the WHO, Ghana did focus on testing. They've used techniques such as pool testing in which, you know, we did an episode on it. Multiple blood samples are tested together. The focus was on mass widespread testing. Ghana has tested around 5,300 people per million people, according to AFP. And this is one of the highest rates in Africa. Mm. But of course, the focus was also on other innovations, right? So in Ghana, they've made use of technology the best that they can in many, many ways. So in Ghana, they have an app called Redbird, which is similar to Arogya Setu. It's designed for contact tracing. It can tell you if you've been near a COVID-19 diagnosed person in the last two weeks. So the way they're using this is if you have been near a person who has tested positive for COVID-19, you're not allowed to go to work. So companies can only call people who certify that they've not been in contact with anyone who has COVID-19. And that way they can safely resume some work or relatively safely resume some work without the risk of spreading the disease more. One of the more interesting things is that Zipline, which is a drone delivery service, has started operations in Ghana, right? So drones are used to transfer samples from COVID-suspected patients wow. in remote areas to labs in big cities. So this keeps the testing time down because, you know, transport is much easier with drones than with trucks right. or cars yeah. in rough areas. And uh, how this helps is authorities can then identify and shut down outbreaks much more quickly. So the quicker you find out about a case, the quicker that area doesn't, you know, have community spread. Yeah, so that's really interesting, right? Those two examples are sort of examples of how high tech is being used to combat the pandemic. Right. Another interesting thing coming out of Ghana is a pretty low tech innovation. So, you know, both Senegal and Ghana, the two countries that we're focusing on today are in West Africa. And West yeah. Africa in, you know, 2013 to 2016 faced the Ebola outbreak. And a right. lot of experts have pointed towards, uh, you know, the entire African continent's, you know, experience experience of dealing with infectious disease and especially in West Africa with the Ebola outbreak sort of helping them prepare for COVID-19. So right. one of the things that happened during the Ebola outbreak was the invention of something called the Veronica bucket. So it's essentially basically a trash can if you will which mm. has a tap attached and a bowl which collects wastewater and that right. was invented during the Ebola outbreak and it helps people wash their hands when they don't have running water right and we've talked about this again again how the WHO has talked about you know washing your hands 20 seconds yep. what a fantastic thing right so you've got apps you've got drones and then you've got a simple trash like receptacle which helps people wash their hands yeah it's really utilizing all the resources they have to combat this pandemic that we're all facing yeah I mean I guess it's their version of Jugard 
Now, of course, a similar approach can be seen in Senegal. Senegal also focused on testing. It realized how important testing was. Yes. They're developing a COVID-19 testing kit that would only cost $1 per patient wow. and will not need any fancy labs or advanced technology. It can be done anywhere. This is in trials still, but it is being developed with a lot of support from a lot of other places. And if this goes through, it would absolutely change things for not only Senegal, but other countries in the region. Right. You know, I think the other interesting thing is the continent only saw its first outbreak of COVID-19 on the 14th of February. So that was in Egypt. And what a lot of people have pointed towards is the really quick response from a lot of African governments. You know, they saw what was happening around the world. They saw what was happening in China. They saw how healthcare systems just started to collapse around the world in the so-called developed countries. So they had Mm. time in that way to prepare. And similarly, in Senegal, what they did was on the 20th of March, they went into isolation. A state of emergency was in place until the beginning of June. They shut down their borders. There was, you know, sort of social distancing was encouraged. Contact tracing was done. And for context, Senegal is a country of about 1.6 crore people. As of recording this, it's reported 42 deaths, 3,535 cases. An interesting point noted by The Guardian was that every single death due to COVID-19 has been acknowledged individually by Senegal's government. I mean, you know, they talked about how condolences were paid to each family and how these are not mere statistics, right? Because the numbers are fairly low in comparison to the population and in comparison definitely to the numbers that we're seeing around the world. They're not just numbers, right? They're people who've left behind families, who've left behind communities. And I think that also makes a big difference, right? If you're able to acknowledge the death of your citizens at that level, I think it says something. It does. In Senegal, one of the things they focused very heavily on was messaging, right? So in terms of healthcare facilities and all, obviously they've done all they can, but they realized the importance of getting the message of COVID-19 through. So they started a few initiatives which are really interesting, taking their demographics, their population into account. So being a Muslim-majority nation, most people walk into bakeries to buy bread during Ramzan, which uh, of course ended recently. So due to COVID-19, they started a bread delivery service, right? It was called (laughs) Sell Me Your Bread. It connected uh, bakeries across, you know, some of the popular cities to customers who ordered online or through the phone. And I thought this was really a great initiative because you realize what is needed, right? And right. you build those resources immediately. Exactly. Because schools are closed due to COVID-19 and many people in Senegal do not have access to the internet. So the Ministry of Education started using radio and television programs to conduct classes. Wow. And they estimate that these platforms reach about 75% of the population. So they'll just start classes on radio programs, on TVs, and they hope to reach a majority of children this way. So at least they don't lose out on their education while they're not able to come to school. Speaking of TV, I thought this was fascinating. Hmm. They started a TV drama starring a fictional doctor who gives coronavirus (laughs) advice. Okay. Right? So this show is called The Virus. Uh, it airs on social named. media. It airs on social media and national TV and it's in the local language. And it has episodes of five to eight minutes that focus on going beyond the stale government advice you usually hear, right? So in many countries, in Europe, in America, even in our country, you have your standard pieces of advice that maintain social distancing, wear mm. masks. But you know, they get repeated over and over and they kind of lose their meaning. Right. So in this show, characters are depicted in situations where they deal with COVID-19. And therefore, best practices are illustrated. Fascinating. Fascinating. Which, you know, has really 
really helped the people of Senegal get comfortable with the idea of COVID-19 and of living a life that is different and a new normal. So Senegal and Ghana have really made use of their limited resources hmm. to put programs into place to combat COVID-19 the best that they can. And with that, it's time for good news for today's episode. Priyanka, what do we have? Yes, some fantastic news coming out of Afghanistan where right. an all-girls robotics team is putting together affordable ventilators which are made out of spare car parts, which I love. So the BBC reports that you know, Afghanistan has a maximum of just 400 ventilators and that's right. for a population of about 39 million people. So these wow. girls, they are, they're all between the ages of 14 to 17. They've built mm. a prototype ventilator using a motor from a used Toyota Corolla and a chain mm. drive from a Honda motorcycle. All power to that's these so girls. <laughs> that's amazing. And with that, it's a wrap on this episode of Combating Coronavirus. This has been Priyanka Pant and Deepit Maggie.